This week on the Push Pullers podcast, we talk about how to lose weight well, and we talk about how to train obese clients actually in person and what they find difficult. And lastly, about CBD and what sets you apart being maybe the top 10% coaches in the country. Hey, three, two, one, 2020 is fantastic, mate. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Damik. And me, Tom. Oh, what's going on? Yeah, fantastic year, isn't it? Just, just an explosion in Beirut, just killing hundreds of people, whatever it was. Brilliant. It's all we fantastic. need. Fantastic. All we need. Um, yeah, bonkers. Have you seen all the videos? I saw the video. All the videos, all the stuff on, like the mushroom, mushroom thing. Smoke bomb thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen like, I've seen some of the news things of like people obviously on their phones, and like the walls just going straight in. Worst thing of it, it was obviously during COVID, awful. But around that area, there was three hospitals that basically got obliterated. And obviously, they need the hospitals to, <laughs> to do stuff. So oh. yeah, there, there was just on the news now. There was a, a lad who uh, his wife was literally like in labor so he was like filming his baby and like four nurses and stuff like that and then it just went and then her they're all survived luckily um but her like there was a window and the wall just went and pushed them all to the side like to the end of the wall smashing the windows and he was like all on his phone they showed on tv and there was another one where they were like conducting a like a zoom interview as well and um, on the BBC, they were like, oh, we're going to shut to the BBC reporter and then the Zoom interview. And then you just heard, and the, the computer being thrown to the side. And yeah. Crazy. It's fairly, fairly bonkers. Um, but yeah, really sad. Really sad. Um, and now everybody knows what is it? Um, what ammonium hydrate is or whatever it is? I didn't read that much into it. Yeah. Because that's what caused the red, and it was, how it was definitely was not a nuclear blast or anything. Um, yeah, so somebody wasn't playing ball. Whoever stored that, not doing it correctly. Apparently. Yeah, yeah, fucking hell, was crazy. That? But yeah, we got some local lockdowns. We also didn't mention last week that because the gym's open, that was our first non-bunker cast, really. Non-bunker cast, yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I, I'm not too sure what we reached. It was was it 20, 25-ish? It was too many. I know that. <laughs> Where is it? Um, I don't know. I don't want to scroll through this. We've done too many episodes. Um, yeah. But yeah. How's it, how's it been? Do you feel unbunkered? Does it feel like COVID's over? Yeah, it feels a little bit better now, I think. You can do a bit more stuff, um, which has been nice. And like, how's it actually been nice going to the gym? um but yeah i i I think i'm i think in a few weeks time i'm probably gonna get someone to program for me or something just because i can't be bothered like i need to just have someone say to me do this do that it's just too much i'm kind of like getting back into the swing of things like in terms of after the deload and and like just moving again but i i think i just need someone to do it for me um just too busy to i just don't have the headspace by the time i've got around to getting there i'm just like oh fuck sake, what should i do um um the same because i'm like super busy with filming and writing and stuff at the moment um and it's just been oh, what are you gonna do so i've i've just literally put myself on a month 
phase one of a Mike Boyle program, like his basic adult program for people going into his gym um, who can vaguely move. And then I'm just doing that. At least I've got a plan in front of me um, that I'm just going to fill out. So, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. And then and somebody saw me training, I'm like, you're doing a bit basic stuff. And I was like, I haven't really lifted any tin for a long time. I was like, this is probably what I need to do as well. So a little bit of functionality. Um, being able to yeah, move I was doing the same again. stuff, like real basic shit, like nothing fancy, just getting moving again. But it's um, I've got a bit of cricket going on. Hopefully basketball starts up again pretty soon. Uh, you can start with start with drills and stuff anyway, I think. Um, mm. So that's kind of going to be all good. And then, yeah, just I just need a holiday. I think everyone probably needs a fucking holiday, don't they? To be fair, obviously, <laughs> it's the risk of taking one. But then also for us, pick up our dog on Monday. So, of course, can't really go. Yeah, about four or Frankie, five weeks Frankie Jr., Frankie too. What's his name? Molly, we're going to call her. Oh, of course. I wonder yeah. where you got that name. Who has a yeah. dog called Molly? Well, actually, mate, Isabel can't be the name, so she doesn't know you've got a dog called Molly. Um, she, but yeah, she so does. She she knows exactly who Molly is. I've shown pictures, and I've been like, and she's like, who's that? And I've been, it's Molly. She's, Molly, I like Molly. She said she liked Molly, and she's pictures and videos of Molly. Okay, well, <laughs> that way. Um, so yeah, with that, and then we can't really do much with her, because obviously you have to keep him inside, and she can't go around sniffing stuff. And then... Is we'll start school in September, so we literally can't go away because you're probably not allowed to take them out of school and just go on holiday, which is a bit annoying. But um, so we're gonna have to wait till like October half term potentially is like the first time we get a holiday, so it just feels a bit like, ugh, you know, it's been a long time. That will be a long time. You could kind of tag team, like Laura can stay, you can go, and then vice versa. Well, Laura said to me, she was like, why don't you just take a week off work and just have like a staycation? I was like, yeah, but I wouldn't do that. I would just be like. I would just come and sit at the computer and do work. Like it doesn't. Yeah, because you still it would have worked for me. Stuff to do. Yeah. Because COVID could have been that, and it's like, well, it wasn't mm. because we actually doubled down on work and did more work, and like I just basically ended up just doing loads of work. So I just feel a bit like I hate using the word burnout because I don't think I'd ever know what that feels like. But you do get to a point where you just feel a little bit like, oh, like, I just need a break. But staying in my house all week ain't gonna help that. Because <laughs> I'd just be like, well, I might as well do work. So. Um, I think when I speak to a lot of other online coaches, to be honest, it's more the relentless nature of social media and what we're told we need to do on that side of things. I think that I th- that's what gets me going and drives me insane. It's having to think of stuff like that. And it gets you down when you post a bit of content that doesn't like resonate with people or they don't get loads of likes and stuff, which is pathetic. It's And I know saying it out loud, it sounds pathetic. But you do. It does get you down. You think, well, what's the point? And then you try harder. And then actually by trying harder, you end up putting out more shit content because you're trying too hard now. And this actually should be more natural and stuff. And that's when I know I need to have a break from it. When I know yeah. that I put stuff out and I feel like I have to put something out and then it goes really badly, like today. Um, I know now I'm just like, right, don't even think about it. And just next thing you need to post needs to be something that's because it's passionate and because it comes from a place where you actually care and that sort of stuff rather than forced. Um, and I find when I get tired or i've had long periods of time working i feel that my creativity goes and that's when i need holidays that's when i realize i need holidays i'm like shit i haven't got any fresh like for an email for example like i haven't thought of a decent email idea for a good few weeks because mm. i've just been like seriously like I, my brain hasn't got the capacity to do it it's weird you notice these things and i think as pts we're notoriously bad at taking time off right awful at it um an online coach is probably more so because you feel bad for taking time off 
Yeah, you feel like you leave like clients high and dry as well, right? Yeah, because the whole thing about online is like you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm accessible, I'm flexible, I can I can yeah, do yeah. my work wherever I want. So then you kind of say I'm going on holiday, and your clients might be like, well, you're on holiday, like you should be working because you can do it anywhere. <laughs> you got your laptop. <laughs> you're like, like, yeah, oh. it's just it's just that whole thing of that like balance between mm. the two. And I think with COVID, we've just not had that balance because like fucking every day you've done work because it's like well, no day's different. And then now it's starting to feel a bit like actually, now we have you know a bit more of a weekend potentially or whatever and it's kind of trying to get back into that place it's it's tough but you know it's what it is tough mate that's right i don't know where that came from i literally just rambled on there that was <laughs> i let you go i was looking i was looking at my stuff on my phone we could run, ramble on <laughs> so i need to find yeah i wonder how i wonder how people felt about um about last week's podcast i didn't get any messages from people telling me i was a fucking idiot so that's always a bonus no other just... than you <laughs> So yeah, but I get all the time. That said, it was yeah, they uh, it, it was just a good, not not a good discussion, but a good rant. Um, <laughs> yeah, one of my clients said on my check-in, they said, oh, it's really good. Um, yeah, they said you said that they really liked it. That was good discussion, and they agreed. I just got from obviously one from one of my clients and one of my good friends is. Um, I was going to message you, but I listened to last week's podcast, the obesity one, and I think Dan's 40 minutes of aggressive ranting, <laughs> followed by his unashamed gunning down of all my frankly wonderful food pairing suggestions. <laughs> Got me sidetracked. I was like, yeah, because uh, I think about four or five, six of those were uh, were Sarah. Um, yeah. What? The, the <laughs> shit ones? Probably, yeah. I mean, yeah. Half half Sarah, half Chloe. Just was just one of them champagne and caviar. That was what I was like. Come on. No, that was that wasn't Sarah. I'm pretty yeah. pretty sure you know who that was. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. But yeah, I think it was just it was it was probably enlightening for a lot of people as well, and just being like, what what's the coach's point of view? And if you're a coach, what's your point of view of the obesity things? So we had there's actually I dug up a um, which kind of relays on. We're not gonna like dive into Dan's. I don't know persona on uh, obesity anything but there was um the personal training development collective company ptdc yeah thanks though i was looking for whether it was company or collective collective i think it is, is it? yeah wow we're the ptc and they're the ptdc oh. i think that's i think that's what they're called there's a personal trainer development but i don't know what the c means Mm, uh, well maybe it's not collective then. I don't know we got more followers than them so it's probably us um, alright there was they did, they did a, like an interesting it's definitely, not uh, the, it's definitely not the Pakistan Tourism Development Corporation <laughs> is it not yeah, yeah. I like typing the acronym for something and, uh, <laughs> straight into there yeah. it's interesting isn't it you got to see what you find out um, so they did a, a quick tip um, interesting page because um, they're an American company and they're like a third of Americans are obese pretty much the same here isn't it about that yeah give or take definitely overweight anyway probably about 60% overweight at least so there's six truths um, you should know before training obese clients because in obese like I will talk about that interpersonals and stuff like skills and stuff and talking to clients or talking to people like this Um I find it easier to talk to uh, injuries, talk to injuries, talk to people with injuries and how to combat that and 
like I, I think I'm able to pick somebody up from that kind of dark place based off an injury or a surgery or a rehab or a prehab thing to get them to being fitter. Um, I find it quite hard to talk about or talk to overweight clients who need to lose a lot of weight. That's not my jam. I think there's too much of an emotional attachment to it and mm-hmm. the practicality things or like generally speaking for rehab and stuff it is like you do this equals this and i know and i'm solely responsible for them doing it pretty much correctly when they see me um obviously they can go away and not do it like physio blah 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 blah, but i feel like i can do it with the with the obese thing we know it's all diet and i i've just yeah speaking as a trainer i find that bit slightly more difficult it's probably why i haven't gone into online training as much well but i've obviously got people who have lost weight with me and go follow my advice but i'm not as let's say brutal as you dan i'm a little bit more bedside mannery um <laughs> just in the nature of working with a lot more rehab clients um but yeah there's there's some tips true six tips for training obese clients so one-to-one so see if you agree or disagree because i'm going to guess that you've trained more overweight clients than i have as a, as a general rule of thumb. Um, so number one, um, their size may keep them from some exercises. Is it, has there been a case, which holy, I, I believe is true, has there been a case of uh, maybe you've had an overweight client that you can't program a certain certain exercise for because of their size or weight? Yeah, the set movements just wouldn't do as well. Um, with, the, with that element of of. I suppose when the weight comes into it, but things get in the way, as bad as that sounds. Um, uh, that's literally the example they use. Uh, some moves, yeah. like the leg press, uh-huh. uh, tummy and stuff will get in the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I think as well, like, the, the, the thing with obese people or overweight people that I've worked with, I put much less emphasis on the training because as well, they... they they often, because obviously I'm not there with them, I think a lot of people, if they're with a PT, would feel a little bit less self-conscious. But if I'm coaching someone who's slightly overweight, and then you feel particularly confident in the gym. I'm like, don't worry about it. At this point, don't worry about it. Like, it's fine. Just focus on nutrition, lose 10, 20 kilos. Then you can worry about going to the gym. Like, you don't really need... At that point, you know, the whole benefit of resistance training and stuff is like, yeah, that is a benefit, but actually your benefit is losing 20 kilos of fat mass first. Like, do that. Like, don't worry about anything. Um, so, yeah, I think from that point of view, it's... I would never make them do anything that they weren't comfortable doing. So, I know a lot of people, for example, who are still healthy weight and healthy kind of looking and they would be self-conscious about doing hip thrusts in the gym for example so like someone an obese person doing that would feel probably more self-conscious yeah um anything that i suppose may make them feel i don't i hate saying it but it sounds sounds a bit harsh but exposed in that regard i think they might feel a bit self-conscious so this this is straight on to point number two which probably really i think that was about actual physicality being uh size being an issue maybe a belly or something being in the way number two was some exercises create more of a a jiggle than others so more self-conscious so mountain climbers uh like star jumps burpees bicycle sprints that kind of thing where you're just like shaking around that's going to be way more self-conscious and they probably don't need to do it as well because probably moving if you're if you are a beast moving at just like a certain intensity is going to be enough right to raise heart rate blah 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 to burn if still burn the calories that are intended for that session or whatever um but yeah so your client may feel more comfortable not doing it so that's number two agree 100 um number three moderate intensity goes a long way yeah 
I think we we agree with that. I think yeah, there's been endless amounts I'd even of say low intensity. Like just... low intensity to low to moderate intensity. Like we know the whole like we beat the drum around this like so long in terms of you don't need to do a hit class to get there. Like that's not the quick. It's probably not the quickest route um, either because of what's going to happen. If your goal was only to burn that many calories within an hour and see that drop off, then that's absolutely fine. And yeah, that's that's where you're going to burn the most calories for high intensity. But if your goal is to burn the most over 24 hours and be mindful about everything else, then that's going to be better long-term and possibly even short-term because you're going to have more control and you're probably not going to feel as exhausted and you probably will burn more calories in like the after effect as well. That epoch shit. So yeah, don't do go like Jillian Michaels on me. And yeah, you don't have to make them pass out a throw-up. So I agree. Number not. four. <laughs> uh, it's number four. It's an interesting. I have, yeah, so overweight. This happens with rehab as well, but I purposely plan this in uh, for some rehab uh, clients. So number four, it's hard for them to get off the floor. Mm. It's an interesting one. So if you're actually clinically obese uh, or it's going to take you a little while, I'm guessing me and Dan could probably get off the floor quite quickly. So from a lying position or prone, blah, 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 press-up position, all the way to standing. Um, so so maybe you do, when you're programming, your floor-based exercises all together. So like a little, uh, so they just have to roll over. That's it. They don't have to get up, bam, bam, prop themselves on the knee, on a wall. Maybe you need that support, that kind of stuff. Um, but there might be a time, especially I do it for rehab, as I let them let them organize their body and be like right you you have to get up i'm purposely making you do this because this is actually part of your exercise because this is your moderate to low intensity exercise you're just going from seating to standing from the floor base thing to a standing base exercise and i'm going to get your heart rate up slightly but i'm not going to help you and that's going to be like a knee thing and i'm going to see what you do um it's interesting to i think that's plausible you agree down or not yeah 100 percent. like it's, it's it's a factor like that we wouldn't yeah. most people wouldn't think about mm. oh yeah it's interesting how I, I might go from a standing to a half kneeling to a yeah to a, a seated or a to a lying something like that and it'll be a stage down 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 and then they got the rest like in quotations afterwards for like their minute rest they use that to get up and have a little drink um where are we that? Oh, um, number five. Sad truth. They may have joint issues. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think as well, like, I think with that, as a side note, that I think people would look to externally load them without realizing that they're carrying a lot of load. Yep. You know, like them doing a bodyweight squat with 140 kilos is the same as you doing a squat with 70 kilos on your back or whatever more than mm. less than that 60 kilos anyway, whatever it is but it, it's that whole thing of like when people lose weight and they say oh my god like, i was like imagine carrying around a 10 kilo dumbbell with you it's like yeah shit like that's it's not light that's not mm. and that strains going through your muscles your joints everything so i think people would forget that as well and the effect that has on joints yeah it's like saying someone imagine trying to get up off the floor like you said before but put a 60 kilo vest on and now roll around yeah. on the floor and get up now roll around the floor get up you're like fuck yeah that's gonna be tough you're gonna take a while and you're gonna be gassed from it 
um, yeah, they've got more experience moving around that load, which probably means they're quite fucking strong. So yeah, maybe the exercise isn't as big as thing. So the CV system is probably fucked because they're not moving that often. Um, yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? We've we talked about it before. It's like people people doing calf phrases with obese clients. A lot of fucking load goes through those calves. That, all of that load, like they've they've got fucking pristine calves. Yeah. Most overweight and large people, like they are jacked. So you've got to think as well. Once that's one of the things where we get really annoyed if we see like shitty little box jumps or like a lot of running because of the joint issues that probably subside with like being slightly over or being overweight because there's much more more pressure on the joints. If you think um, down to so the force velocity curve. If anybody's uh, seen that or they know what it is, there's a there's a there's a lot that goes on with it. And saying if you understand force, you probably know what understands with joints. And there's like every single time you maybe step through your ankle or put a little bit, there's up to just like walking pace. It's like nearly two to two point five times your body weight going through that ankle. And it's like for me and Dan, that's yeah. You got, I've got to be able to withstand nearly 160 kilos essentially so me walking around with that back my joints have got will be able to withstand this hence why strength is such an important factor in power so some like was it Pulisic like pulled up with a hamstring injury the other day and during the effort kind he probably he probably the reason for that injury because he was just running he elicited too much force driving down wasn't able to he doesn't have enough force or capacity to withstand that in his hamstring that's be on end of what's probably happened because nobody was around him. There was no external stimulus. Um, and that happens with these people as well. Cause you could think up to a, like a, a sprint for us could be between five and eight times, eight times in deceleration. If you rapidly decelerate, it could be eight times your body weight going through your ankle. It's fucking a lot. So they're strong, strong joints and people don't realize that, but they need to be fucking strong. Um, but yeah, as you're overweight, maybe making them doing ballistic high intensity exercise, probably then I hmm, put them under a little bit too much pressure than they're not they're not they're not ready for. So yeah. Uh, that was number five, so I agree. Nice little post. The last one was they're used to being judged. So they don't need it from us as a trainer. I think it's just constantly positive reinforcement as well, because I think there'll yeah. be a lot of negative self-talk with that as well, related to it, that they'll be like, I'm a failure, I can't do this, I can't do that. So again, giving them something to do that is too difficult for them that they fail on is probably going to make them feel bad. Like if you're trying to get into a one RM squat and they fail it, that's not going to make them feel great. And they're probably used to feeling that way about themselves. It's like yeah. making the goals a little bit, a little bit smaller so that they feel like they're achieving stuff. And that has a carry on effect to everything else in their life you know, like again, set an arbitrary step goal rather than saying hit 20,000 steps a day and you know, they only do five, go do seven. Like they'll <laughs> yeah. hit that and achieve it more often. You, but you know, it's a stepping stone to getting them to a, a place further down the line. I think that's a, but there's a huge thing in it in most people like that. I mean, to health and fitness is that people are so harsh on themselves when they want to improve that they need someone who's going to say, no, you're doing fine. Like you're doing well. Like that yeah. immediately kind of bigs them up. And that's a lot of the time what personal trainers, uh, the good personal trainers do like the, the whole, the whole cliche of a personal trainer going, come on, give me five more. You're, you're rubbish. And it's like, it's so it's ridiculous. Like that doesn't help anyone. And they're the mm-hmm. shit PT. Someone's to do that. Like, Oh, you shit until you do that. You shit. You can't do it. It doesn't make it like, you know, the drill sergeant approach, not in the fucking army, mate. Like we do it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's that kind of, 
in general, I think. I think we're wrong. Like sometimes you will need to like kick someone up the arse. But ninety-five percent of the time, and especially with that population, it would be positive. But yeah, that's also something that uh, I I just filmed a a thing on was aggressive talking about aggressive language or assertive language, and being able to use that instead of and you don't want to be aggressive to your client or person in the workplace. Like so, they do so you're acting as if it's your job and you're responsible for it, not aggressive towards it being personal. Uh, there's, a, there's a fine line, but a, being aggressive and being assertive is, is an incredibly different thing. And they'll have more respect for you for being assertive over this is what you're doing, um, not being like a little twat about it and creating something personal. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was an interesting post, especially after relating into the obesity talk before. And what relates into the obesity talk even more, Dan, was uh, I had a, obviously a hectic day. That's why we, we're filming a day filming recording recording a day late um because i couldn't stand the sound of my own it's voice for, you it's never it is me. always because always of me because of <laughs> <laughs> um mate you're an online pt you've got the flexibility you're on the beach you're living life i've got i've still got times and di- dates in my diary so i've got to be somewhere bam, bam, bam. i've never moved so much during uh, covid times i'm around everywhere but yeah, we were filming a lot in the PTC stuff, so there's a lot of videos that will be not coming out. Coming out if you want to purchase them, um, not for free. <laughs> if you want to sign up for courses, absolutely fine. Um, but yeah, we were filming a day late, but also got I got in back in time to watch um, How to Lose Weight Well yesterday. Oh, those fucking shows. Are shit. <laughs> um, there's actually there was um, a person that I think follows us or may have listened to the show a few times. Um, I can't remember her name, but she's a redheaded dietitian. Actually, was speaking some sense on there, and there was another dietitian as well. And they were talk. They I will go through a couple of the diets just to get you wound up. Um, but there were um, cheers, mate. <laughs> there was uh, there was they actually kind of went in on Instagrammers and social media twats on um tea the whole skinny tees and booty and all that kind of crap. They were like basically had two dietitians and blah, blah, blah. And we're just talking how shits they were and how awful they were and, and how all the claims were wrong. So that was nice. They were doing that. So it was good. And then one of the lads went on one of them, but apparently one of the side effects was to give you immense diarrhea because there was so much fiber in it. Um, <laughs> and, I wonder yeah. how you lose weight on that one. And, and the dietitian was like, if I, in my professional opinion, so they sell it in America, but they don't sell it here. So, and she was like, professional opinion, don't take it because the side effects are too like risky for that. And he was like, I'm going to try it. And then, yeah, he was like, yeah, I had to stop after a couple of days because this was awful. <laughs> so I wonder, yeah, I wonder how you lose weight. So uh, yeah, all this kind of shit. Um, I, I love the, um, they were like, cause she was like, oh yeah, does it, does it raise your metabolism? Obviously not. Does it do this? Obviously not. And she was like, um a t-tox she's like i was like you can't say that it doesn't do that because you, that's not a real thing so i mean it could be just a claim they've t-tox t-tox detox i thought that's that's quite clever marketing um but obviously horseshit so the um on the there was the normally what's on how to lose well a little bit of like factoids and blah 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 all this kind of stuff and they have this geordie girl that cooks some meals and all this kind of stuff and then there's two there's a dietitian and a doctor of something some sort I'm hoping food. Doctor of food? Is that a thing? 
doctor of food yeah or if you've got a phd it might be a phd in something yeah you can you can be a, a phd at dreams you can be a doctor of dreams did you know that of course, of course, you can. <laughs> um, we were, I think, yeah. Side note, we were. Was it way back when? When we were in Boston, we were researching um, with Josh Carr and Henry and that, like seeing if we could get um, buy a PhD. And you can you can buy a PhD for about it's not, it's not like three hundred quid, and um, and you worth can be a, a doctor of dreams. Yeah, that's worth it, I reckon. I, I think do that. <laughs> Just to put like, yeah, I'm doctor. Fake that stuff, but. Doctor of Dreams, yeah. Can't take it away from me. Got, got a certificate of dreams. Boom. Hey, good money for that. The yeah, what was I talking about? Oh, there's, there's usually there's like two, three kind of pairs of people that are like doing separate diets. So there's like the people who are gonna rapidly change within a week, like lose as much as they can in a week based off two diets that these two dietitians pick for them. And then there's two people that do it in twelve weeks, and then there's two people that do it in six months. Um, but they all have different diets, but I can't remember all of them. I think, um, and there was two ex footballers, like one that played for Ipswich and one that like was doing it, but they both got a bit tubby, um, because they're both, one's a laborer now and like one works in office. Obviously they're eating the same foods that they were probably work when they were playing football. Yeah. Still eating football of portions, yeah. <laughs> all the pasta, yeah. Smashing it. Um, yeah, it was quite interesting how they just got overweight. And uh, yeah, it was like, you don't know what's happening. Because you're not running around as much as you used to. You? I know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were actually okay. Those are, they were on like, one was on like a Mediterranean diet. Um, and one, no, one was on, yeah, like a Mediterranean diet. And then the other one was on like a South American diet, which was just, it was just like uh, ceviche and like stuff like that. I was like, this, that's great. I was like, I'd crack yeah. on with that. Absolutely fine. Fancy about that. Yeah, I do that anyway. It's not a diet. It's just nice food. Um, but yeah, the some of the ones. So through the six month one, there was like a summer salad diet, which is cool. That was nice, nice, but a little bit long for like was it three to six months doing salads all the time. Um, there was the one girl had the sandwich diet, which is interesting. I could, do, I could do that one. Absolutely plausible because you just have like a low calorie, like you're you're allowed eight slices of bread a day, and then you could have certain things on them, blah 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 blah. Obviously, but the eight slices were obviously the special bread, which is like low calorie bread, blah blah blah. What's the lowest calorie bread that you know? Like per slice, Danish. I think it's usually. that Danish stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. the Danish stuff. It's about fifty six, fifty six to sixty calories per slice. Yeah, I think. something like that. If you did, if you did eight of those, it's, yeah, about 400, 450 calories, right? So you should be able to lose weight um, pretty easily based off your toppings or whatever. But they're all like open sandwiches, essentially. You can probably have, yeah, you know, four closed ones or eight open sandwiches. It's all right. Yeah. bit boring after a while because you probably want something else. Um, but I thought the funniest one was one of the, one of the crash diets, um, which I think are always hilarious. I can't remember what one of them was. I think one of them was okay and it was fine and uh, it was just basically a thousand calories a day but a certain type of food or something basically salad um but the other one was four days you were fine and then three days it was called the sexy pineapple diet oh fuck off <laughs> what's that it, literally for three days of the whole week all you can eat is pineapple 
fuck yeah, off. That's all you can eat all day. I was like, and then like, obviously they have that chef there that like cooks them a little like uh, to do with the meal, like shows them what they could do and how they make it. And like the ceviche was good. Somebody else made like a, a nice like tuna sashimi kind of thing. And so like did something else. And then she was like, I'm going to make a pineapple smoothie. And then I'll make, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> she was like, "I'm gonna char some pineapple and then some pineapple slices." It's just like, oh, fuck. could you imagine that? Like, I've eaten. Have you ever done like too much pineapple, or too much mango, or too much like citrusy kind of based fruit? Yeah, I've got sick up. Like, it's not a good thing. So she's. It was something like you were allowed to eat like two pineapples throughout the day, something like that. And that was it. Rans would just not. Wouldn't. No, that's not going to sit well, is it? She lost like nine pounds, eight, eight, nine pounds. But yeah, it's probably because she was like, I can't stomach eating two pineapples. I'll eat, just eat one. Um, yeah. And just eat the rest of the day. <laughs> it's like I can see why people lose weight on keto because you just get sick of the fatty food. Like you just yeah. get sick of it after a while. I like, oh, just no, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it, right? That's the uh, fatty diets is fine, but it's just. I mean, I would say, FYI, if you didn't know, calorie deficit is the reason why they're losing weight. But it's it's perfectly plausible way to do it. Um, just eat pineapples. What fruit? There you go. So, what food? If you were gonna do a food that is relatively low calorie, would you be only only eat the three days a week? Fruit or any food. Let's go fruit, because obviously that was the basis of the pineapple one. What fruits could you do? Um, it's not really low calorie, but I go grapes probably. Grapes. You quite, yeah. They're like go for a while. But also, like it you said, is... you can't have citrus fruits because that's just it just wouldn't sit well at all. Raspberries I could, but I think again that would be a similar thing. So much fiber would just get you strawberries. Yeah. Yeah, maybe strawberries, but I feel like grapes would be Grapes is a good middle ground, I think, because they're not quite too, they're not too sweet. They've got a bit of flesh to them. You can split them, but then you can't, you're not making any, I mean, grape juice is incredible. So (laughs) it's called wine. So yeah, I was going to say like a raw, you don't much, you don't get actual grape juice though. So you can only have it really one way. That's the only thing. You can't. I. I'm not making. I'm not making smoothie out of grapes. No. No. Yeah. Just. Could you cook a grape? Could you grill a grape? Would that taste good? Not that you want to, though. Because obviously, like pineapple cooked is okay, right? On pizza, blah blah blah. You can have little Mm. pineapple slices. Um, Yeah. Grapes not good. You wouldn't char a strawberry either, but strawberry, like. Smoothie, decent. I think I'll go strawberry. Yeah. Stra- raspberry, I think the fibre thing. I like bra- like blackberries, blueberries and raspberries, the ones I buy quite a lot. Um, but if it's only for three days during a week, then yeah. Just as a crash. I think I'll get there. Where do you go for food then? Particularly low-calorie food. You're only allowed one thing. Mm, I don't know, really. Um has to be low calorie or fairly low calorie it will it would just be a thousand i think the rule was like near enough a thousand calories worth hmm 
I don't know. Probably yogurt. Yogurt? Would your shits turn a bit runny? Mm, probably. I'm not sure, like, processing that amount of yogurt. Well, yeah, or bread, maybe, actually, yeah. Loaf of Danish, like, do you know? That'd be all right. I think I could do bread, yeah. Yeah. Just put. Luckily, we'll never have to do it, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, bread, but it's just I'd be so concerned of it getting quite dry. But it's true. No, maybe we'll we'll yeah we'll never have to do it. But it's an interesting interesting chat, mate. Um, all right, last thing we're going to talk about was just a little post when we were talking about courses and um like personal development on the back end of that post about being not being a twat to your clients. Um. So I posed a little question to uh, Brett Bartholomew. You, he's uh, he's got a decent book. I can't remember what it is, but he's a lot about like mindset and coaching, like coaching mindset and being able to get your clients to do things. I can't remember his book. Somebody's reading it right now and was like, "Yeah, read this." But he's a good lad. Um, I, I think it's done quite well in the industry in terms of that book and his his persona. But I posed the question to Dan. So this was a. Uh, 285 uh, continuing professional development courses for personal trainers and coaches. So he did a little review and um, they were split up into three categories of uh, technical skill based, interpersonal or like interpersonal. So like as a team, working as a team, that kind of thing, getting people to do stuff as leadership. And then intrapersonal, which is about working on yourself, like, I guess, time management, how you communicate and how you get your points across. And what those were split up to, bearing in mind, that's a lot of what we do. And like, we'll see the split up to personal and trainer, so 50-50 really. Um, and the percentage across 285 courses so I didn't actually make a guess, did you? But I, I told you the answer was um, it was 92% of those courses. Obviously, that's quite a lot of courses to have a little snapshot out were technical based. So learning how to move, learning how to squat, learning how to like coach that kind of stuff, like where the, your knee joins into your hip and what's going on there, what muscles are combining to make this movement, EMG, graph activity, all that kind of crap. 92% is going into the trainer part of personal trainer. 6% into interpersonal skills. So, I don't know, leadership, um, communicating as a team, getting people to do stuff around you. And then 2% being intrapersonal. Um, so that is you being able to time manage, being developing yourself, that kind of stuff. It's so only 8% kind of as, as, as a communicator in terms of courses and 92% on technical ability. I mean, sum that up for me, Dan, whilst I turn my light on. It sums up the whole industry as a whole. Like, <laughs> it literally sums up everything. Like, me and me and Mike have talked about it before a lot. You've, me and you have talked about it a lot before. And it's the, the same old thing where there's a lot of trainers and they kind of sit there and they don't get results with their clients or their clients leave or their clients aren't happy and they go, oh, I don't know enough. I need to learn more about nutrition or training. No, you don't. You know more than that person who's in front of you. That's all you need to know. You literally just need to know more than the people you're working with. Then coaching is about relationship building. It's about communicating, as we've talked about, again, with those obese clients, we've talked about communicating with them, yeah. how to talk Every to them, things one of those to think about. about being, about being, I don't know. Yeah. 
communicating with them about just changing just, certain things with their lifestyle all that kind of stuff how they feel about an exercise more than actually being able yeah, to do the exercise like, it's empathy as well like thing i'll never be i'll never have been in that position so i'll never know what that feels like but i can empathize and i can imagine right what must their their thoughts be on a daily basis what are they thinking and like i said like they don't probably don't like looking at themselves they don't want other people to see them and all this sort of jazz and i just think that there's a massive massive gap in this industry between what people what pts and, and trainers and coach whatever think they need to do to get better and what they actually need to do and what they actually need to do is look is meant to be mentored by people who have been there and done it who have the experience and have made those mistakes and coach people and experienced the hours that you need to be good what they don't need is to do another course that teaches them about how to like breathe properly during a squat like you said or how to perfect the squat movement or how to do olympic guess, lifting guess how many what? Your clients I, ever need to do olympic <laughs> lifting like, i've sat on. through a lot of those and obviously I, I get kind of paid to go do some of these courses and the technical aspect and i teach them as well because they obviously have a place because people need to get to that and if you have a certain niche then you really want to go into that's easily done but i've been to foc fms um exos the pri and uh, maybe another one what's the pairs and rails one that kind of crap kin stretch and bullshit frc um and they're all kind of talking about the same fucking thing <laughs> just various different things that could have, i could have saved myself a lot of time and they're like just picked one and then kind of researched on the others and then made a made a definitive idea of like oh that works for me and my clients i can get my head around that but i'm not gonna like squash everybody else's views of those um and let that do it but then go learn how to get my clients to do it and get them to their results it's just crazy like it's just it doesn't shock me though when you when you told me that it didn't shock no. me in the slightest like it was obvious it's so obvious and maybe, and maybe as well it's also because you could argue there's not that many courses around the interpersonal thing but it's also because when you're in health and fitness you're just so absorbed by it you don't actually look outside of it and actually there's lots of courses about this also there's lots of things on um you know nlp and like all that sort of stuff psychology elements yeah. to things that if you were to go look for it and research it you'd find it it's out there um and i think it's that sort of thing that people aren't aware of but it's 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 even it's not even that it's, it's straight away it's that again like we talked about about the industry people would want to go to a mentor or a guru to go oh yeah i'll make you ten thousand pound a month six-figure coach online coach whatever they're not teaching you about that sort of stuff they're teaching you funnels they're teaching you how to make more money how to charge more and all that sort of jazz they're not actually making you a better coach and that's the fundamental problem is that people aren't good enough coaches so, yeah you might sign someone up on a stupidly high package and do a good sales call because you've got a sales script but if you don't get results they ain't coming back you can only sell shit once they ain't coming back so then you've got to do it again whereas actually what's better off is if you get that person results they stick around they tell a few of their mates they then sign up and then you don't have to worry about anything because you're getting good results people like you're just good at what you do then you can command more money because you're fucking good at what you do that's how it works and it's um yeah i just i just find i just find that side of the industry is painful and, and with covid happening it's accelerated the online training world and the industry so basically more and more people now are going to dip their foot in and try online coaching and if someone tries it and they get screwed over by someone who can't give them results guess what in a year's time there's gonna be a lot of people out there who will have tried online coaching who want to try mm -hmm. again potentially who are looking for someone who gets people results 
because they didn't get results last time. So if you can show you get results, people, and you've got clients and that you are a decent human being and your clients stick around because they like you, I can promise you, you're going to be all right. <laughs> um, I think there's that aspect to it as well. Like I think it's trying to show people as well. Like the, I, I always try and do it. I don't know how well I do it. Maybe not very well at all. People are going to go, you're shit. <laughs> I show the result that people get, which is their physique and the transformations, which is important. But the other side of it is that a lot of my clients, I get on with them. Like I have a laugh with them much like I did when I was a PT, like you, you're a yeah. personal trainer. You need to care about their life. You need to give a shit about them. Know what their kids' names are, whether they're at school or not, what sports they like to play. Like you, you need to give a shit about people that much that they see that you care about them and you get to know them as people. And that gets you better results. Like I could tell you everything about my clients, everything that you need to know about their, fam- about their family life, home life schedule, where they work probably, things like that. Because... You need to know it and then you become close to those people and you form better relationships with them. And that's what comes across on Instagram is my clients know me. They speak to me. They know about my life, you know. Um, but yeah, it just baffles me that uh, that's literally you've, you like you said there in the stats, what was it 91, 92 percent of people do that yeah. just to be different to 92 percent of the industry. You just have to do that 8 percent better. Than yeah, them. That's all <laughs> you have to do. Like, that's what I mean. People say it's saturated. It's not saturated. The market is not saturated. It's full of mm. shit people. Like, and that's what this isn't us saying. Don't do technical courses. That's what we, we've not said that still do them. <laughs> but you want to have a blend of 33 percent of all of them. Not yeah. <laughs> all just technical. But that's what we're saying. All those coaches out there. That's that sample size, 230, 50, whatever it was. That would be if you extrapolated that. If you extrapolated that, that would be exactly it. 91% would do primarily technical stuff, 100%. So the best the best 10% of coaches in this industry will be in that 10% of people that do those courses. Guarantee it. Yeah. Guarantee it. Easy. Go, go, go find your next NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming course. They're fun. Just be a better a coach, like literally be a better coach. And that doesn't mean be a smarter coach or be a more intelligent coach. It literally means give a shit about people more. That's all that. That's what that graph's basically saying. Yeah. Get better. at 8%, 8% of trainers give a shit. Um, yeah. that, is <laughs> um, but, that is it. Yeah. I've never needed to coach an Olympic squat online coaching. Olympic lift, sorry. Never. <laughs> Don't need Olympic to. Squat. No one... Yeah, because yeah, yeah, right. me you're on that course. That's probably why. Um... Yeah, because I'm. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like, come on, like. Uh, uh, anyway, I've just. Ah, I, well, I, said I wasn't going to rant, and I've ranted. So. Oh, no, we just brought up an interesting topic. So we had, we had nothing when we walked in the building. I oh, got three fun things to talk about. Um. Yeah. Any other business, Daniel? No, not for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> interesting um no not from me i've got a hectic week um yeah lots of filming who knew you can lose your voice from lecturing so much uh, yeah that happens <laughs> crazy right um all right mate um thanks for listening and we will catch you next week see you later